Hello, and welcome to Mind of a Football Coach Podcast. Today we have my brother, Caleb Davis. We're here at my parents' house recording a podcast in my sister's makeup studio. Is that what you would call this, Caleb? I believe so. Okay, a makeup studio. She's a makeup artist. Uh, she's got a lot of cool things in here that I would never want in my office, but I guess it's cool in hers because she's a makeup artist, but that's that's pretty neat. So, Caleb, give us, <clears throat> I, obviously I know you really well since you're my brother, but give the, the listeners kind of a a rundown of, uh, of you. Uh, let's see. I married my high school sweetheart. That's probably the best decision I ever made. I'm a really good recruiter. She's way out of my league. Um, let's see. I have a little girl who's three years old. Uh, been coaching ball or coach high school football for about nine years. And then I stepped away to uh, spend more time with my family and I started a business. Um, now I run uh, the day-to-day operations for an insurance brokerage in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. That's awesome. Uh, Caleb and I played together at Trinity Christian, and then Caleb, you went on to play at, at Bartram to finish up, right, for a little bit? Yep. Yep. Yep, I was there for a little bit. Uh, that's awesome, man. Caleb <clears throat> obviously is the coolest, because since he's my brother, you know, he's the coolest coolest cat I know. Uh, Caleb lives down here in Jacksonville, and Caleb's coached a lot of ball uh, over the past couple of years. He's taken a break, but he's still probably the best mind I know. So to give the listeners a little bit, about your, your football background as far as coaching goes? So football background, my first uh, ever job, I was offensive line coach at University Christian. Um, golly, there. That's a really good program, uh, especially right now. Uh, from there, I went to Eagles View Academy, where actually Zach and I coached together. He was defensive coordinator. I was offensive line coach. We coached with a good friend of ours, uh, Ryan Keith. Um, really good offensive mind, air raid specialist. Um, golly, we had some really good players on that team. Um, Let's see, then from there, I went on and took a head coaching job at a small private school um, in Jacksonville. And then from there, I took the offensive coordinator job at Yuley High School, and that's how I wrapped up my career. I was there for four years. Yeah, so take the – let's talk – we'll talk a little, little O, a little philosophy. So we, you started – well, we started together at university as kind of like an air raid. So we weren't really air raid. We were more spread. Yeah. Uh, spread inside zone. Then we went air raid with Coach Ryan Keith. And then you had your own deal at Yuli, and uh, you know it's interesting how offenses progress. Kind of talk about what you did there and um, your your time there, and what you wanted to do. Well, really, it's kind of an over. I don't know. I mean, this is an oversimplification, but I just wanted to get the ball in my best players' hands as much as humanly possible. Um, <laughs> the year before I got there, they had a guy there named Derrick Henry. Uh, <laughs> Won a Heisman Trophy and about to play here in a couple minutes for a playoff spot in the NFL. Um, and that's what the head coach told me. He said, you know, we never they're never going to penalize us for giving Derek the ball 50 times. So we kind of carried some of that same philosophy over into, you know, who are our best players and let's get them the ball in spaces where they're most successful. So, you know, we had a running back that plays at Virginia now, and he was really good at between the tackles guy. So we want to get him touches into the tackles, whether it was power or counter. You know, we had some really good slot players. Uh, you know, let's get them in space and – bubble or quick slant or RPO. Um, so we just try to get good players, the ball in space where they can be successful and whatever that looks like, it could be the eye wing T spread. That's kind of my philosophy on that. Sure. Um, you know, you being an offensive line guy, what, what do you think the best thing to run as far as offensive philosophy scheme wise, as far as run game? Like, is it zone? Is it power? Is it man blocking? What do you, what do you believe in? Um, I'm a gap scheme guy because I feel like down blocking is the easiest block to make in football. 
Um, that's just my opinion. But at the same time, you've got to adapt to what you have. You know, if you've got really, really big bodies, you know, you're 6'4", 290 across the front, maybe man blocking and inside zone is, is great for you. You've got some smaller guys that are quicker. You're probably downing and kicking. So, but just at Uli, that's really what we had. We had we had more undersized kids, so we did a lot of down down kick, uh, whether it be power or counter. Um, we kind of lived in that world. I mean, we ran some inside zone as you know our guys developed and got a little bit bigger. But um, I'm I'm more of a gap scheme guy at heart. So give like the listener. Tell them about Yuli. What kind of school is Yuli? Why did you run that kind of offense? What kind of kids did you have? Okay. Stuff like that. So Yuli, um, we're, we're a 5A high school in the state of Florida, which is typically, I think it's like 1,200 to 1,500 kids um, in the school. And we only dressed about 36 to 37 kids. So it kind of told you the environment in which we were. You know, a lot of the same kids played a lot of other sports, there weren't that many athletes in the school. I mean, you walk the hallways, and we had the best players out of the hallways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like we left good players in the hallways. Um, we, uh, we were always probably the sh- one of the shorter teams. We were never tall. Uh, we were always undersized in that sense. Now our offensive line, I mean, there were years where I, I don't think I started anybody over six foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the way it was set up. School was rural. I mean, we were in Nassau County. It's us and four other schools in the whole county. And Florida, that's in comparison, Duval County's got about 60 schools. So that's to kind of show you the difference in that. I know some people listening have, they are one county, one school program. But in Florida, that's kind of four schools in a county is really small. Um, but, yeah, that's that was kind of the way the school looked. Yeah, and what made you decide to run what, what you ran offense uh, we had a really good running back. And I believed if I'm going to, I was going to coach the offensive line and I felt like I put enough trust in my ability and those kids ability to be able to run the ball effectively and efficiently. And in high school for us, we quarterback just there. We never really had a consistent flow of them. I had you know, a pretty good one that um, we actually ended up going on the Huntington but I, I, mean, I didn't have them until my last year there. The rest of the time, we were taking athletes to convert them to quarterback, mm-hmm. or we were just kind of con- trying to convert kids and try to figure it out. We never really had a, you know that true um, quarterback. So we, and we never had a lot of true wide receivers either. Um, we had some, some good kids that could run and kids that would you know play physical football and block for you, but not a lot of kids with a lot of natural ball skills. Um, a lot of those kids typically play defense for us. They didn't play a lot of offense. So I knew, you know, we were going to have to kind of be bread and butter with whoever's in the backfield. But at the same time, we couldn't just be, you know, double tight, you know, and just foot to foot and mash it at people. We weren't big enough. Mm-hmm. So we had to go spread and kind of put a lot of lipstick on the pig and you know, a lot of jet motion, a lot of orbit motion, um, just to try to get people to to slow down the flow a little bit, to just give them a chance to get a crease. And in the back of that was pretty good. So if you got a crease... We had a shot to score. Sure. So when you say when you with like when you call a spread offense, when you design a spread offense, what is the philosophy behind it? Like what are you looking for every play? So really for me in the spread, this is like me knowing my limitations. Like, all right, so there's a guy in Florida named Corky Rogers, he's one of the most games, you know, most games ever in Florida. 
he's a wing T guy. And he can count people and tell what shade they're in. He's seen it forever. I knew as a young coach I was limited. I couldn't tell if that was a four eye or a five on the other side of the center. I couldn't tell that whenever it's a condensed box. So I wanted to spread it out so I could count numbers a whole lot easier. So I could look at middle of the field open, middle of the field closed, how many guys are in the box, and it made the counting game a lot easier for me. That's why I like to spread. I, we spread it out to run it. I mean, we were top three in, in the area, you know, out of 80 schools every year in rushing, and we were spread. Mm-hmm. I mean, we looked a lot like Auburn, I guess. But um, it just made counting a lot easier for me. I knew if I had six blockers and five guys in the box, I've got really good numbers. If I got six on six, I have really good numbers. Or even if I had six on seven and I can read a guy – to maybe go, you know, maybe quarterback zone read that or power read that. Just find a way to create numbers for myself was because if I put everybody in the box, I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, there are definitely teams that they don't care how many guys are in the box or yeah. Must be nice. what your coverage is because they just got the guys and they either, you know, you're mashed up in them in coverage and they throw it over your head or they just run you over. But for the ones of us that have to play in the real world, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not – you know, I've, I've talked to coaches before, and you know they got your plus one there, coach. Ah, that's all right. He'll run him over. That's that's the running backs guy. I was like, what? What are you talking about? My guy's gonna get tackled. But um, yeah. So you talk about spread to run. What are things that you know things that are are hard in that type of offense, and what were your answers to that? So our led offense was people that played one and zero because they're gonna load as much as the box as possible, knowing we didn't throw the ball that efficiently. So really, our answer for that is teams that, especially that played, well, it really one or zero, it didn't matter. We developed an option game off of it. So we developed an extra pitch player from a slot receiver spot or from a wing spot or, or somewhere. Because what was happening is we were pulling the power read or pulling the zone read off the edge, and they've got a guy for our quarterback, and God love him, he got tackled every single time. He just couldn't outrun him or run through the tackle. But I knew if I could get a pitch guy from the opposite side of the field, that trail guy is going to be too slow. And then there's a mesh point in the box. He's got to stop and slow down. And then I pitch it out wide and he's trying to, we had, we had leverage numbers and we were good to go. Sure. So we just try to create a lot of ability for a quarterback to pull and get two on ones. Then it's basketball. Sure. It's two on one. I, okay. I like my numbers now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just taught our quarterback how to get, to that, especially when we played man. Um, then we, you know, we rub routes. I mean, people want to call it a pick, rub, whatever you want to call it. Sure, but yeah. we had to find ways to get guys open. We um, we got in the way of some other people and threw the ball. Yeah, I would say going off your point there, like option game or quarterback run game is the ultimate equalizer. You know, run the quarterback mm-hmm. power, quarterback counter. Um, you know, watching we were watching the Ravens and Browns so before we. Uh, came in here, and it's interesting how the NFL's even adopted that because Baker Mayfield's a quarterback, Lamar Jackson, those guys are threats to run the ball. And it's interesting how that trickles down. You know, Gus Malzahn is famously quoted as saying the best coaches are high school coaches. Tony Franklin, I think, said that as well. Um, so talk to, you know, just you, you coached high school ball for a while, and I'm going to try to get you back into it here eventually. Um, you know, talk about – what made you want to be a high school coach? What made you want to do that? Because it's not like it's for the money, especially not, not uh, around Jacksonville or West Virginia. So uh, why do you want to do that? I, I really enjoy being around the kids, um, especially not in a, in a classroom sense. Being in a public school sometimes, especially in, the, in our state, um, man, the what you're allowed to do and not to do in the classroom was pretty 
hindering you to get to your um you know, stick to us and playing pretty tight, you know, playing was you, you it was told to do certain things. Sure. So it it was you weren't getting as much quality time getting to know the kids in the classroom sometimes because you're just cramming them for an FCAT. But um so I really enjoyed getting to actually know the kids outside of school, um, and kind of pour into them because especially that community, they needed or they need, uh, like most communities, they need good husbands, they need good fathers, like everywhere else. And I thought if I could try to help them go a little bit further in life in that sense, then it was a win for me. Um, I knew win-loss-wise, you know, if we ever won seven or eight games, we had a great year. Uh, that's just the way it was with our, with our what was in our district, um, what was in our class. Um, and we were playing teams that had 80 kids on the sideline, we had 36. Sure. So I know we were in trouble with that. But um also love competing. I love the competition. I love the chess game. Um, you know, you love that Friday night feeling. The other guy thinks he's the man because he's got superior talent. You find a way to beat him with inferior talent because your kids have bought into what you've taught. Um, it's a fun, that's, a, that's a fun feeling. That's a rewarding feeling that your kids have bought in enough to find ways to win those games. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, or we we get used to sit there at mom and dad's house, get the pen out, paper out, drawing X's and O's and stuff. And you know it's funny to to see how you know offense has has progressed because you were kind of above. You were you were like a what's the word? What's the phrase? Like above the above the curve or whatever. Um, as far as you know, you you were onto this years ago. I feel like like you had, had kind of figured this out because you had studied uh, miles on right. I think, mm-hmm. and high schools around here were not doing that. It was mostly wing T, if I remember correctly. It was a lot of wing T and some pro style stuff, mm-hmm. or just true empty. Right? Yeah. 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 You, I love that team's base offense is like empty. You're like, oh, uh-huh. okay, that's great. Yep. Um, let the quarterback run around for like 20 minutes. But you know, as we're we're talking offense, personnel, philosophy, um, what do you where do you see football going next, especially offensively? Like where what's the next progression? Because it's always evolving. Where where is this thing going? Um, at the end of the day, the RPO game is triple option. It's just with a throw. Sure. Um, I think as as many times as you can put people in conflict, that that's where the game will go. Um, I I. Th- I think it won't be as unusual. Um, really, the guy at uh, Pulaski High School, the guy that never punts, mm-hmm. um, his, he's got analytics, and football's going to analytics. He's got analytics that the more guys that touch the ball per play, the more likely are you are for a big play. So I wouldn't be shocked if, let's say, you hand off outside zone, and the outside zone guy now has a pitch relationship guy with the other guy. The outside zone guy has a... I run or I throw the vertical, and that just becoming base offense for stuff. What we used to, what we call trick plays, I think will become part of the game. Right. I think that will just become more standard, or people will get more used to it, mm-hmm. which just makes everybody play more man defense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's all I play really. Um, you know, I dabble in quarters and two read, but I just think uh, it becomes man anyway, right? If you're any good, if you're any good at it, it should become some form of man. So why not just play man? Yeah. Don't spot drop. That's how you get torqued for 600 yards. Yeah. That's funny. People say, you know, <clears throat> wherever I've coached, different states, you know, cover three is a safe coverage. Well, when I was the head coach of Riverside. We set school records on teams that played cover three. You know, it's supposed to be this real safe deal. There's holes everywhere. I think the thing about zone covers kind of a little tangent, but. 
like in basic zone coverage, everybody knows the holes. If I'm not mistaken, you're an offensive guy. Like, what would you say to that? that yeah, response? that's that's how like you're kind of taught ground up as an OC. Like, all right, against cover four, you like these two concepts and three concepts. Against cover two, you like these concepts, and this is your read. It's cover three. Right. It's this, and whenever you say, "Well, this is cover one," everyone has a million different answers because no one really has a great answer. Because it's all about matchups at this point. Like you go watch the Notre Dame Clemson game last night. Right. Like Clemson had better dudes, right? At going to go get the ball at a high point. It's the same thing like Alabama last night at, at points, like on the slant route. Like they're mm-hmm. playing man. Like well, that dude's better than that dude, right. so I'll pull it and throw it. Mm-hmm. It's touchdown. Right. Yeah, I mean, I even think the whole vision and break thing, with how much seven seven is thrown, even at the high school level now, I think it's kind of a dead. Uh, to me, I know people do it and they do it well. But I think it takes a better athlete division to break on a ball that's 10 yards away than it does to tell a guy, hey, you're playing man. Let me teach you how to play man. And then hopefully we're getting pressure and there's, you know, the quarterback's not, he's going to be off some throws. And- I think it's also too, I mean, it's your kid, but it's what are you good at teaching? Right. Like, I'm good at teaching gap scheme run. So therefore, when I'm an OC, we're going to do gap scheme run because I mean, that's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. If I was really good at teaching the annexation of Puerto Rico from Little Giants, we'd run that. But yeah, I'm not. Like, that's. Awesome. You know, if you're a good teaching man, then you should probably run man. Right. If you're trying to run man because it's what's cool, you're going to get torched. Yeah. It's the same thing with zone. Uh, you know, I think zone, everyone knows the holes, you know. It's cover three, let's run four over, like, look right. off the safety, touchdown. Sure. But, yeah. yeah. I think it's good to have some zone concepts on defense because it takes away the, the problems you have with man, um, you know, get your well, – Yeah. I mean, and then answers to the other answer, sorry, I think that's another question on, on man coverage. We would start stacking receivers. Sure. We're bringing a bunch tight. You know, we go bunch, you know, three by one, or we'd go double stack on both sides to make them level off the coverage, which creates more space. They're less likely to jam as much. So that's just another answer, too. If you just you get a loaded box and you need an answer, sure. start stacking receivers, start running bunch stuff. Whether it's tight or wide. We have to have a lot of discuss with bunch stuff wide. Mm-hmm. Um, Golly, we were number three. I felt like it was open 80% of the time. I don't know why. People sure. just lost him. Well, I mean, we play well, – they didn't throw any 7-0-7s at colleges last summer, but once before, you know, I'm screaming – not screaming like mad, but like communicating when they get tight to levels. levels. And I had multiple college coaches at Division One, Division Two schools say, man, like I never hear any high school guys say that. And I'm like, well, I, you're going to get picked if you're standing right next to the guy. Yeah. You know, but how many high school coaches don't teach that? Just, no, you know what I mean? And what's even simpler, too, is let's say we go, you know, bunch wide, let's say trips right the wide side of the field. Perfect scenario, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to stick a corner over there. The backer is going to extend, but probably play five yards off, and the safety is going to play 12 yards off. All of your quick game, fast screen, bubble, whatever, mm-hmm. is wide open. Just throw it. Yeah. Go block those two. The safety tackles them for an eight yard gain. Uh, I'm pretty excited. So yeah. I, I think there's just those are just simple ways. So like just as office coordinators, we try to be the mad scientist and be the last guy holding the pen, and we end up beating ourselves because of that. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, "What's up?" Simple answers. Because I don't know about, I mean, I don't teach at the you know, I, I never coach at a college preparatory school. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have kids with 1600 SAT scores that I can talk them through route adjustments. We right. need to have simple answers because our kids were simple. Sure. I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying just like they were just your average Joe kid. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think that, you know, when, when you're talking about defense, like looking at what you're talking about offensively, 
I was watching some film the other day, and everything on defense nowadays is can you close space and can you tackle in space? Right. You know, the teams that I've had success with as a defensive coordinator over the vast number of seasons is if you just load the box trying to run at me, well, I'm going to have one more. Right. You know, if, if I don't, if you can't put me in conflict, I'm going to put one more guy in there you can block. And if we're even talent-wise, I'm on a really good night defensively. Be, or I'm, I'm a little better because right. I'm going to make tackles. That that guy, you know, it's not that's not a big open field tackle. That's confined space. That's a C gap run, A gap run, B gap run. But when you're putting skill in space and making guys tackle, especially with the stigma, you can't go live all the time now. It's just not the way. No. I don't think it's the way to do it. And, you know, you may get sued if you do it too much with how the rules are written now. So oh, In Florida, you've got a certain number of periods you're allowed to have with live tackling. Sure. So, And it's coming in West Virginia, and we have you know, a certain amount of time we can be live. And yep. I, I just think if I can put a guy in space, he can make one guy miss. Or we have it all blocked up, like if somebody's playing two on three out there mm-hmm. in trips. Right. And we're going to score a lot of points. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. The hardest thing for a high school kid to do is tackle in space and yeah. pass protect. Those are two hardest things, like sure. to to teach high school kids. To, or maybe you know, I don't never coach college in the NFL. But oh, it's, that, it's kids, that level too. Yeah, it's the hardest thing a teacher might do is pass protect yeah. and tackle in space. Um, and the thing to do offensively, we always tried to take you know shot plays. Whether the shot play was trap or the shot play was you know four birds. Because we always knew the reality is high school kids, if you're going to jump off sides, hold, or create a, or have a penalty or put the ball on the ground about every 15 to 20 plays in high school. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with the, yeah, I don't coach anymore, the officiating down here. <laughs> but, sure. um, so you have to find a way to create big chunk plays or you're going to shoot yourself in the foot enough to where you never actually score any points. You've got to sure. go take shots. There's nothing wrong with throwing nine verticals a game. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, you're a run you're a run team. Like, yeah, we play action, we chuck it deep. Because if I hit three of those, that's 21 points. Right. I'm batting, I, I'm, my completion percentage is 33%. Right. But I've got 21 points, I don't care. Sure, it makes the defensive guy go, hmm. Well, yeah, I make the safeties get out of the, the daggum box so I can do what I want to do in the first place. Yeah. Or if you're hard-headed like me, I don't care. I just keep running. Well, <laughs> I'm going to keep chucking it deep. You're throwing bombs. i got to keep trying to hope, hope the guy we land one because... Sure. If you got eight and I got six, we can't block them all. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's beauty in the wing tee and pro style. I think all that will come back eventually because people, I mean, I, I look at, maybe not so much high school because we can't recruit or draft or sign our talent, but like the pro level and the college level, like everybody's recruiting these lighter, faster linebackers and D linemen. The genius is going to be the guy that knows when to come back to, like, you know, at a high level, I'm talking like NFL, yeah. SEC, the guy that comes back to 21 personnel as the base and wants to slam it down your throat, and they have success because people have all gone light in the box. I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on that? I think it'll happen, but I don't – the NFL is different. As far as college, like let's say SEC, ACC, Big 12, or whatever it may be, especially Big 12. Like if I'm Big 12, as much as everyone airs it out, I am finding a way to get some large humans and mash the people – because no one's going to be able to be prepared for that or recruited for that in a hurry. Right. Because that is the most air raid, fun, and gun, spread, awesome, great offensive football to watch. But, like, you want to freak somebody out? Getting that. But the hang-up to that is, though, you give up points to that, and you're down 28-7, you can't come back now. 
So that's like that's the risk reward. Like if you can get up fourteen nothing, you can play good defense. Right. Uh, you got a shot, but can you stop those teams? Can you stop Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Oklahoma right. State? You know, can you stop those guys in order right, to play yeah. that style of game? That's sure. you've got to be able to do really good defensively. And sure. Like watching, I was talking about this last night. Like watching Oklahoma play defense, like that's that's embarrassing. Yeah, right. It's a lot of points, man. I, I think about like what if Wisconsin was transplanted into the Big Twelve. You know what I mean? Oh, everyone would lose their mind. Yeah, Is they're good crazy. on defense and can run the ball. Yeah, right. That'd that be crazy. Would, ask Miami. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark Rick retired because of those cats. Um, oh, geez. Well, yeah, he like knocked, he beat the heck out of them two yeah. years in a row. Well, I mean, Wisconsin's consistently the biggest offensive line in the world. Right, yeah. Bigger than NFL. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of human. Yeah, it's a lot of beef. Well, let's land this plane here. Um, give, give the listeners something to take away here. What, what's one thing you want the, the podcast listeners to take away from our podcast here today? Um, as far as football coaches, um, st- I would say do it for the do it for the right reasons. If you're if you're out there because you like the shirt and the jacket and the hat and the status that comes with coaching, get out as soon as possible um, because you're you're robbing the kids of what they really need. Hmm. Um, and as far as just offensive, you know, it, it, so therefore the counter to that, if you do it because you love the kids. You're trying to learn more about ball, but you love the kids, man. You're more, you're more, you were, we need more of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can learn the game. You can talk to guys like Zach, and they'll teach you whatever they know, and you'll become a better football coach. But if you're out there for the right reasons, then you've got a great foundation. As far as offensively, man, give yourself something where you can count easily. Mm-hmm. If you can count defenses easily in the eye, in five wide, in 20 personnel, I don't care what it is. So then you've got a base to where you can start having success and getting better numbers for your kids. Because if you don't, and you don't do that, and you're not successful, that's why you're not successful. Sure. Unless you just got better dudes than I got, that doesn't matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> Personnel dictates Jimmy's a lot of James, things. No doubt. James. Well, Smoot, we're going to get you back in the coaching. Um, yeah. And uh, one of these days, we're going we're gonna to get you back calling plays. Well, listeners, thank you for listening, and I'll put this up shortly.